Welcome to The Big Cheese Show, your destination for fantasy sports domination. Now, here's your host, Chris The Big Chee Cheon. What is going on, everybody? This is The Big Chee, Chris Cheon. Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day, whether it's on your commute, in to work, on the way home, or you're just chilling at your desk, getting ready for the fantasy football season. I am glad that... You are looking at us here at WTOP for help in fantasy football. Let's jump right into it with the Andrew Luck retiring news. As far as the Colts players are concerned, they're all going to be taking a hit. Certainly understand that. I think one guy that you still really can be keeping an eye on late in drafts is Naheem Hines. So Naheem Hines last year, eighth in receptions as far as the running back position goes. With 63. That's right behind Jalen Richard, who we knew last year in that Oakland Raiders offense. It was Jared Cook and it was Jalen Richard once Amari Cooper was shipped out. Even when Amari was there, he really wasn't getting the ball much. But Naheem Hines is somebody I don't think is going to see a massive decrease in targets. I think that he is their pass catching running back. Marlon Mack could do it all, no doubt. But I would drop him a little bit because I just don't think this offense is going to hum as much, but they're still going to need to throw. And if they're trailing in games, that even elevates Naheem Hines a little bit more. So he's somebody still that on the Colts I am looking at. Last Thursday, I spoke with Liz Loza of Yahoo Sports, and we were talking about Le'Veon Bell. I feel like there really hasn't been a more controversial first-round running back pick than Le'Veon Bell. You know, everybody likes Nick Chubb. David Johnson in the spread offense running a lot of plays in Arizona. James Conner, for that matter. Le'Veon Bell, though, I think if you can be bullish on with the 7th, 8th pick, he's a year fresher. I like him. The rapport he's built with Sam Darnold, he's at least saying all the right things as far as Darnold's development in his young career. I asked Liz what she thinks about Lev Bill. She has some hesitancies. Here's some of our conversation. My issue is that what are the two best things about Le'Veon Bell's skill set? His vision and his patience, which he was able to utilize in Pittsburgh because that offensive line allowed him to see things and be patient. He's not going to get that same O-line in New York, even with the addition of Osemele to the line. So I'm a little bit worried that his skill set isn't a perfect match for the O-line and that people aren't going to get the same copy and paste version of Le'Veon Bell that they're expecting. Yeah, we took Nick Chubb ahead of Lev Bell in the Scott Fishbowl. Let me ask you this, Liz. I've got David Johnson, number four, Nick Chubb, number five, in terms of my PPR running back rankings. This is until Zeke signs. Those guys will bump back down one. But right now, like Zeke, I'm just, I just got to bump him back. I'm wavering, however, on David Johnson or Nick Chubb. Which of these guys do you pick if you're between them? So I do have David Johnson ranked number five, and I have Nick Chubb number six. I will say that Nick Chubb is the my guy for this season. He is the guy that I am targeting everywhere. I haven't really had the first four picks in many of my personal drafts, so I've been able to snag Chubb. And with the news, you know, everybody was really worried because of this Kareem Hunt starting in week 10 and them sharing the backfield, although obviously – Fantasy is a win-now proposition, so I don't worry about Week 10. I'm trying to win Week 1. That said, the news with Duke Johnson no longer being in Cleveland that Nick Chubb is going to be targeted more in the passing game certainly makes him an interesting pick, and I understand exactly why you're waffling between he and David Johnson in your first five picks. 
And what's your tight end strategy? Do you prefer to draft a tight end? One of the elite guys, Kittle, Ertz, Kelsey, if that's where you're at in the draft? Or do you prefer to find value later on? Jared Cook, David Njoku, what do you think? You are, ex- you're thinking exactly what I am. I am only going to grab Travis Kelsey if, and it's a big if, he falls to the second round. If I can get him in the second round, sure thing. But I think Ertz and Kittle are going to have some real regression this year. You've got Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia, and I think that's, and you've got Deshaun Jackson. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has been getting a little bit of pub. So I don't think Ertz's volume is going to be as steady as it was last year. Same thing for Kittle. Yeah, we all know he's a monster after the catch, but so is Dante Pettis. And even though Dante Pettis hasn't gotten good reports in camp, I think that's Kyle Shanahan trying to light a little bit of a fire form. Plus, you got Debo Samuel, who's a wonderful gadget in San Francisco as well. So I think Kittle's um, volume and opportunity is going to decrease. So I don't like either of those guys in the third round. Instead, I do like Jared Cook, who my friend Herbie Teope, a beat writer for New Orleans, said he expects to see upwards of 80 targets. Um, He's buying into the hype. He's been witnessing it. So Jared Cook is a very real thing coming off of a career year in New Orleans. Otherwise, late round guy, Give me some Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Second-year guy, converted wide receiver, has huge breakout potential available in the double-digit rounds. Darren Waller as well, who was just featured on Hard Knocks, a former Raven, in fact. I think he, you know, we saw last year how much the Raiders wanted to use the tight end position with Jared Cook. Now, if Antonio Brown actually makes it onto the field, he's obviously not going to see that sort of target share, but I still think he has a really big opportunity, and we know the athleticism and talent is there. I'm glad you brought up the Ravens situation because I was chatting with Evan Silva on the first step of the Big Cheese Show, and I think we were both on the same page in terms of standard leagues. We like him. But in PPR hesitancies, he's going a little high. He'll be competing for carries with the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. There's Gus Edwards still there, Justice Hill emerging. I don't know that he's going to be catching a ton of passes. What do you think? I like Mark Ingram. I disagree that I don't think – I do think he will catch some balls. Um, You've got Willie Sneed to compete, and you've got, like I mentioned, Mark Andrews to compete. If you are a quarterback who's struggling with accuracy issues, then – The question really is, does Lamar Jackson have the discipline at this point in his career to check it down, or is he just going to try to break a run every time? We don't know. I do like Mark Ingram. I think his um, stock has risen a little bit more – higher than I'm comfortable with, but I say keep an eye on Justice Hill because there might be enough volume here for both of these guys, Hill to work as a change of pace back on a regular basis, and I think Hill could have like one of those mid-season resurgences or breakouts. And who are your your guys this year, Liz? Someone in particular that you're drafting in most, if not all, of your drafts mid to later rounds that you've got to have this year? I am very high. There's a couple of wide receivers, I think, because once running back, come round five, good luck with running back. Like, Royce Freeman is probably the only running back I'm taking after round five if I can get him. Um, But I love Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. I've been high on his breakout potential for a while, so I like that guy. And I also am much higher than the consensus on Mike Williams, even before the Keenan Allen injury issue potentiality came up. I think Mark I think Mike Williams is the downfield threat. There's we don't we don't know what's happening with Melvin Gordon. There's no Tyrell Williams. That opens up about 65 targets. So, I think you're going to see an, a solid number of downfield looks from Mike Williams. I don't you know, I'm not counting on I do expect a touchdown regression from him, but I think his overall volume will be enough to compensate for that. There you have it, Liz Loza of Yahoo Sports taking a few moments to join us here on the Big Cheese Show. Very much appreciate Liz and all she does 
within the fantasy football community. And we were talking about tight ends there, as you heard. One guy that we didn't talk about was O.J. Howard. He is my fourth-ranked tight end this year. And I believe, you know, we have the Elite Three at tight end, as you heard talk about there. I'm okay with putting O.J. Howard into that conversation as far as the top four is concerned and then everybody else. In fact, O.J. Howard, I grabbed him in the third round, 3.09 to be exact, in a guillotine league on Tuesday of this past week. And honestly, I know it's a little high for him. I took him over his teammate, Chris Godwin. I'm kind of, you know, am I going to be kicking myself later on in the year for that? But I saw a tweet from Scott Barrett that O.J. Howard averaged 0.45 fantasy points per snap in 2017. That was third best out of 79 eligible tight ends. He averaged 0.47 per snap in 2018, third best out of 76 eligible. Ranked fifth in PPR points per game in 2018, despite a 61% snap share. And he played on 55 of Jameis Winston's 58 snaps, 95% in the preseason. So... He called it simple math, and I was running through these numbers again, like third out of 79, third out of 76th, two straight years in the top three there. Yeah, I am okay with taking O.J. Howard that early, considering later on, yes, I like Jared Cook down in New Orleans, but he's still a new pass catcher with Drew Brees, despite being a veteran. And I just don't feel comfortable with some of the other guys we mentioned, like David Njoku. So I'm okay with taking O.J. Howard that early, especially in the guillotine format where you need to survive in advance. Another thing I learned, talking to Evan Silva last week, Howard leads all tight ends in yards per target and yards per reception since entering the league. Also, Bruce Arians' offense. you got to take into account plays run. Plays run is opportunity for fantasy points, and Bruce Arians' 2016 and 2017 offenses in Arizona both finished top five in plays per game and top five in pass attempts. Again, thanks to Evan Silva and that DFS article he wrote for EstablishTheRun.com on that stuff. But just all the more reason for me that I feel confidently in O.J. Howard, and I've been on record, I feel um, when I watched Jameis Winston play, I remember him taking on the New England Patriots a couple of Thursday nights ago. I think it was two years ago at this point. But he makes some throws, and you're just like, dude, what are you thinking there? But, again, fantasy points, Mitch Trubisky's not a great real-life quarterback, but he's a sufficient quarterback in two QB leagues. Yeah, I took Howard over Melvin Gordon, James White, Brandon Cooks, Philip Lindsay, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Tevin Coleman, just to name a few. And those guys I feel good about, too. But to me, I'm solidifying my tight end position with O.J. Howard, and I can fill in with the wide receivers. Running back, a little bit worried about. You heard Liz talk about Royce Freeman, the only running back she'd take after round five. I'm not as high on the Royce Freeman train, personally. For rounds four, round five, I'm going to look for guys like Matt Breida, Latavius Murray, Tariq Cohen, are some of the four through six round running backs that are attracted to me, especially Tariq Cohen. I mean, David Montgomery's getting love. I like the guy, too, but... Tariq Cohen, that's a guy that is going to be still featured in that offense sans Jordan Howard now. Um, I would take Royce Freeman over guys like Daryl Henderson. I know that he may get like 8 to 10 carries a game, but Todd Gurley, all indications are, and everything we've seen, he looks pretty good in camp. I think he has recovered quite nicely from that ACL. Darius Geis, like him, like the ceiling, don't like 
that the Redskins are one of the worst teams in the NFL, and he's one of three guys in that backfield. Jordan Howard, I mean, who's going to be the running back of the week in Philadelphia? Miles Sanders is the guy with the high ceiling, but it's not like Philadelphia really invested a lot in Howard. Trey, they got like a sixth-round pick for him. So, yeah, I'd rather have Royce Freeman than Jordan Howard, but he's I'm not as high on him. Chris Godwin, we've talked about him. Everybody in the fantasy community likes him. I do, too. He's my wide receiver 18 at PPR. I'd take him ahead of guys like Kenny Galladay, Tyler Boyd. But behind guys like Julian Edelman or Robert Woods, again, one of the things that I constantly stress is getting exposure to offenses that are high-powered. Grab Chiefs. Grab your Rams. Honestly, grab your Bucks if they're going to run a lot of plays. Get these great offenses. And Pittsburgh, we talked about last week. Nobody threw the ball more than Ben Roethlisberger last year, so I still want major exposure to that offense. Mike Williams, she talked about, wide receiver, 25 for me. I'd rather take him over a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, again, mentioning Philadelphia. They have a plethora of pass catchers there. I like Alshon. He's got the touchdown upside, but he's not getting the volume of yards that we really need to see drafting a wide receiver in that range, whereas I think Mike Williams can be more so, as you heard Liz mention, kind of the deep threat, get rack up the higher yardage, I'd rather have Mike Williams over Jarvis Landry, who Baker Mayfield likes to spread the football around. He's going to get that best available pass that is going to gain the most yardage. He's a great quarterback. I think that, and that's why I'm not as high on Odell Beckham Jr. as maybe some of my other colleagues in the industry. All right, well, there is episode two of the Big Cheese Show. What do you think? Did I reach on OJ Howard? Tweet me at the Big Cheese Show. Tweet at WTOP if you've got any fantasy football-related questions. I'm going to be keeping an eye on those and answering them on the pod. Stay tuned to my blogs as well. I'm going to be writing a piece per week during the preseason and into the season. WTOP.com. Music in this episode is Rev by Evening Land, available in the YouTube audio library. Big Cheese out. Thanks for listening.